Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome on in the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Lot to get to today. Including a lot of Eagles drama. Rhea Hughes is going to join us at 11. Excited to talk to Rhea on the show today. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Philly. Hey, just as a side note, hey, everybody, don't get your meat where you make your bread. Just remember that because it's gotten a lot of people in trouble. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, just think about it for a minute. Just say it to yourself a couple times and just remember it. Don't get your meat where you make your bread. Sometimes a reminder is always necessary, right? Yeah, and it that's- is. And that's, I think, been the theme of the week here in Philadelphia, a reminder of, you know what, the Eagles had a lot of issues, unfortunately. They had a lot of issues at the end of last season. You know, we, we had this story from Craig Carton a couple of days ago, the idea of, you know, things that happened in that locker room, but he couldn't say. Well, <laughs> look. A lot of hot sauce on that thing. He did, a lot of hot sauce. And, and Craig's a TV guy. We know he's a former radio guy. He was here at one point. And, you know, he's doing a TV show now. But it even hits harder, Hugh, when it comes from someone who's here, who's respected, who's a reporter. Derek Gunn yesterday he threw this one out there. According to sources from Derek Gunn's Twitter page, Jalen, big contract, pulled in numerous directions on off the field, put him under a lot of pressure he didn't handle well. And then this is the part that really got people. Big Dom suspended, controls Sirianni, sideline emotions. In his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players, coaches during the game as we uh, we continue to unpack what the heck happened to this Eagles team. And, Hugh, the um, the issue of culture continues to be po- a big, big topic that this may have been the biggest issue here with this team this season. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's one of those things where we're trying to still figure out where this team fell apart. And it's not a good look when you talk about the head coach being a bit of a hothead. Now, I know he's not the first. He's definitely not the first. But if, if you're the high head to the point where, you know, the buffer that you need on a day-to-day basis, when he's not there, it just gets worse for you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that says about you. That's just not a good look for a team that was obviously fragmented towards the end of the year. And I don't know, like, if that's the reason why we were given this report was to basically justify the way things happen. I, I don't believe that to be the case. But, I mean, if, you, if you're that much of a hothead, I, you, you got to ask the question, Joe. And I like Coach Sirianni, but if, if you can't control yourself to that point, why are you still here? Uh, look, I've wondered that same thing. I mean, I didn't want him here to begin with. And, but, and look, this is – it's embarrassing. That, that report yesterday for the Eagles, for Sirianni, it's embarrassing. That we have to – the idea that we have to have a babysitter on the sideline, that we have to have a security guard on the sideline for the head coach of the football team, I find that embarrassing. We're going to get to some Sirianni audio here in a minute where he basically talked about his emotion on the sideline. 
But Hugh, I, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm not denying that there's some culture issues here, right? You, you know, you've brought up stuff you've heard. Howard this morning, we'll get to that, said he heard something similar about a couple players in this team. I'm not denying they have a culture issue. But I don't think that's the biggest issue they have. I think, and I'm not saying you, I just mean in general, we're looking for reasons why this thing fell apart, right? We all mm-hmm. are. Why they? Why'd it go so bad? I think their biggest issue is talent. I, I think it was the same. Look, I don't love Sirianni. I think everyone knows that. But he's the same guy that they won a lot of games with. The sideline antics and his yelling and his nonsense behavior, they won with when the team was better the year before. He, You know, he's bobbing his head up and down to the camera two years ago in a playoff game the best roster in football, and he won. Jalen Hurts has been stoic and kind of, you know, this is his personality since the minute he got here, but they won when he played better. I think the Eagles' biggest issue is talent. I think some of this stuff is, is everyone's looking for an excuse on why they fell apart. Look, their defense was maybe the worst in the NFL. Jalen didn't play as well. And I look at their roster. I've pointed this out many times since our offseason began. I count seven players I could count on here next year being above average. Seven. Seven really good players. That's the whole thing. And one of them is looking for a trade right now. It might be down to six in a couple weeks. I just think the team's not very good right now. And we're like, oh, well, Sirianni's, you know, a clown on the sidelines. That's why they lose. Well, that doesn't help. But I think their biggest issue is talent. 215-592-9494. Hugh, the talent isn't great enough right now. And then you throw this culture stuff on top, and we have ourselves a situation. No, I understand where you're coming from because you're, you're basically looking at the defensive side of the ball terrible. when you talk about that. But when I, when I look at this offensive side of the ball, I, I, I tell myself and I believe that we have enough talent on that side of the ball that if the culture was right, we could overcome a lot of the deficiencies that we had defensively because we saw it at the beginning of the season. And as the culture started to break down, that's when you start hearing about different people being in different silos and all these different stories coming out. And the fact that Carton went on television and and put hot sauce on a story that has not been validated. But the bottom line is this. Something went wrong with this football team Mm. last year, and we still don't have our finger on the pulse. And it's not a good look, Joe, when you have the leader and the culture setter being thrown out there, thrown under the bus, in my opinion, for what reason at this time of the year, I don't know. But basically saying that he can't maintain his composure and he's arguing with the players and coaches on the sideline, that's not a good look for I a agree. guy I who agree. sat there in a few a few weeks ago and said that he is the culture setter. Well, he's reorganizing the core values. Yeah, you, I mean, it's that. like I mean, it's it's kind of laughable. And I and like I said, I like Coach Sirianni, but the the timing of all of this is not good. It's just not good because. We're in, a, we're in a position right now. They just had the HBCU combine a few weeks ago. Now they're having the combine mm-hmm. next week. We're trying to put the past behind us and get ready for a new season. The timing of all this to me is not good, and it just tells me that whatever the issue is with this team, it's still unresolved. It's still unresolved, Joe, and that's, that makes me nervous because we still have a lot of time before the season starts, but if we're still – Bringing out if, if little leaks of, of this story and that story are still coming out after the after the combine and after the draft and stuff, that that's not a good spot to be in, especially I, when you talk about starting yes. a new season. I agree. I mean, I agree with you on that. I, none of this stuff is good. I just think their bigger issue is their talent. Nick Sirianni is the same guy that was yelling at the crowd in Kansas City when they won against the Chiefs as he was when they fell apart down the stretch. The problem is their defense was as bad as any team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts stopped playing at a high level. That, that's their biggest issue. And I don't know. I'm not even a Sirianni guy. And I, I could, that's what I feel. It's their biggest issue. 215 592 9494. Your reaction to all this talent or culture? What's the Eagles' biggest issue right now? And of course, the D Gun report yesterday, specifically the point on Big Dom when he was suspended. He controls Sirianni's <laughs> emotions on the sideline. I don't in, give a shit. In his absence, Nick gets in numerous arguments with players and coaches during games. Let's hear from Sirianni on some of that. You know, he talked after the Giants game in December, that first Giants game about his body language on the sidelines. Here he was. I need to be better in those scenarios. You know, when it's when there's some high pressure areas, they got to see me calm, you know, and and not and not tense there. There's a time and place to be, you know, intense and there's a time and place not to be. And I'm always and I'm and I know that's something that I always have to work on as a, as a head coach. 
I agree he has to work on it. I don't think he's good enough at it. I think it's a problem for Nick Sirianni. But did they not tackle anybody in Tampa because he's too tense? Or did they not tackle anybody in Tampa because the defense was terrible? That's the way I view this thing. 215-592-949 for one more from Sirianni. And then we'll get everyone's reaction here. Sirianni on how tense he is in this on the sideline. Specifically, he's talking about that Giants game in December on Christmas when mm-hmm. him and Reddick were going back and forth, and you saw the clip of, of Devontae Smith looking at him sideways. Here was Sirianni on all that. There was moments in that game yesterday where I felt like I was too tense, and I and I and that you know on, on the sideline, and I and I need to be better about that. I, I have to do a better job, and if I'm going to ask the players to do a better job themselves, then I have to do a better job myself. And, and I definitely felt that yesterday out, out of myself. Look, I rarely say this because whenever Sirianni comes up, I'm, I'm usually frustrated. I think this is actually too far on the Sirianni thing. I, I think we're taking this too far. I think it's been overblown. He is a hothead. I don't love that he is. But the team won a lot of games with him as a hothead because they had better players. As the talent decreased and Jalen stopped playing well, well, now it's, you know, we need a babysitter on the sideline. 215-592-9494 is how you hop in. Talent or is it the culture? What is the biggest Eagles issue right now? Kyle, what are you feeling on this as uh, the Eagles drama continues? I would have to say it's the talent just because I, I usually put culture pretty low relatively on the list of reasons that any football team is is winning at a consistent and, and like a high clip. I think culture is somewhat important, but in terms of like reasons why your football team's winning, I, I, it's maybe like fifth or sixth. Like, I think that in certain scenarios, talent can overcome culture. But you rarely, or if you ever do, see culture overcome no talent. So I, I think you fix one, the other one comes. And this whole thing, you know, whatever. I, I don't know how, um, the uh, whoever it was that leaked this to Derek Gunn or whoever gave the, Derek Gunn this piece of information. It reeks to me like excuse-making. Doesn't it that that Big Dom is is like everything fell apart when Big Dom left the side? Like sounds like baloney to me. L- like come on, man. Like, he's a security guard, right? Like it doesn't Holy make hell. it doesn't make y'all, any do sense, dis- man. Do I y'all discredit him? Big because Dom's he important. doesn't affect wins and <laughs> yeah, losses. It's it's, uh, it's 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 absurd. And like the Eagles were ten and one. Like we know they were ten and one with a lot of these same. Like we heard that some of this stuff was going on before everything kind of fell apart. So the talent on this team was able to overcome. Uh, until they just weren't. So, like, I, I don't know. I think they fix a few things on defense. Jalen Hurts plays a little bit better. Everyone's going to start being happy again, and we're not going to hear all this crap that there's a terrible culture in the Eagles locker room. I think the winning comes first, and then the culture follows. 215-592-9494. It's had to hop in on this Thursday morning. Talent or culture, what is the biggest issue in your mind with the Philadelphia Eagles right now? And I, I think it's fair to say there's issues on both ends, right? They, 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 they need to get better as a team. They need to improve this roster as we enter the offseason. They've got some players they need to move on from and change the mix here. But, Hugh, they also – I don't think any of us will dismiss, regardless of where you come down in this conversation, the culture needs to get better. It, it does feel like there was something off for a lot of this year. We yeah, all felt yeah, it. Yeah, it was, man. And, and, and that's why I understand and I respect everybody's opinion, but, but culture does matter. Because culture, to me, is one of those things, those intangibles that when I think about culture and the way that you go about your day-to-day business, number one, the culture makes it fun to come to work. Sure. Number two, the culture makes it easier when you're in that meeting to understand the concepts of the defense that you're trying to employ. And, and the reason why I blame it on the culture, and you're right, Joe, to a certain extent, the talent is an issue. But the culture supersedes the talent when the talent is all on the same page. This team was not on the same page. No, they weren't. There was a bunch of renegades out there playing football. Nobody was on the same page. You saw people out there. You had one one side of the field might be playing a zone, <laughs> and then you had the other side playing man. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So everybody isn't on the same page, and therefore your your talent deficiencies are, are uh, they're, uh, you know what I'm saying, they're magnified. Because you're not on the same page. That's why I feel like it's more the culture than anything. And the fact that, you know, the culture setter, the trendsetter, is out here, you know, yelling and screaming at people and, and, and you know, disrupt, being disruptive, that's concerning to me. It really, really is. Now, you can yell and scream. Like, I've been yelled and screamed at on the sideline by coaches, but I understand when I'm yelled, being yelled and screamed at, I understand where it's coming from. So when I say it's the culture, when you're yelling and screaming at somebody and they're yelling and screaming at you back – Obviously, there's a disconnect there. You know what I mean? There's not a respect level there where 
you know, you feel like you can yell at somebody and they not take it personal. Of course. Felt like it was like some of the stuff that was going on was a little personal. Here's where I go to. And 215-592-9494 to hop in. Talent culture issue for the Philadelphia Eagles here. What's the biggest one right now as we enter the offseason? And these reports keep coming out. I mean, from the Carton thing on, what was a couple days ago, to Derek on yesterday, even Howard this morning. We'll get to some audio Howard had this morning with the morning show and kind of going along with the story that, Hugh, you had referenced before with, you know, Jalen Hurts and a certain leader on this team that they didn't see eye to eye on some things. I, I go to this. Nick Sirianni, in his first year here, screamed at Jalen Hurts on the sideline during the game. It was during the best run the Eagles had. Week four, you and I watched a game down in Atlanta. We went to that Eagles bar down in Atlanta. Nick Sirianni screamed in Jalen Hurts' face on the sideline. I thought it was the best performance the Eagles had all year, the game they won against the Los Angeles Rams. They may have peaked that day. A.J. Brown was pouting last year during a playoff game. They won. So, like, all this stuff that, that bothers us now, it also was happening when they were winning. You know, you know, what do we always say? Winning's the biggest deodorant, the old Bill Parcells line? Yeah. It is. It is. When Jalen Hurts was playing like an MVP, none of the stuff about his personality seemed to matter. It didn't. He was stoic. It didn't it was matter cool. until it mattered. It, yeah. Exactly. I was mentioning the Sirianni stuff because it, it, I don't like that. I don't like when a coach acts like a 15-year-old on the sideline. I don't like that. I like a more mature coach. I brought yeah, it up. the problem. And I, I'll admit, I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't have to have a problem with it. Yep. I, didn't, I mean, and I'll be like, I'm not, listen, I stand by everything that I say, and I remember that conversation, Joe, and it wasn't a problem until it, it became a problem. a problem. But my, and you're right, and I, I think a lot of people agree with you on that. Like, leave Sirian alone, he's passionate, he's yes. Philadelphia, and all that nonsense that people like to say when they want to believe something. But the issue is they stop playing good football. It's like yes. a chicken or the egg thing. I, I look at it like this. The Eagles roster deteriorated from 2022 to 2023. Jalen Hurts, for whatever reason, and this is part of the Derek Gunn report here, you know, his, and you've mentioned this a lot, Hugh, that maybe he was pulled in different directions, his time, his training. Yes. He didn't play as well. If J- Next year, if Jalen Hurts plays like he did two years ago and how he fixes the defense, they'll win a lot of games. They just they will, even with Sirianni. I don't think he's that great of a coach, but – Hugh, if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well and the defense doesn't get fixed, guess what? This culture stuff's going to be a big story again. Yeah. Because they won't win. And it's one of those things where it, it, I, I equate this to the story. You know how you have the, the, the family member that probably goes to the party and he's the life of the party because he likes to, you know, indulge in the oils a little bit. Mm. And it's cool. It's cool that he's the life of the party. He likes to drink a lot until it ain't. Until he until does, too much. yeah. Until he does something like you know a little bit over the top. It's the same thing, man. And and you have to know when to pull it back. You have to know when to to. You have to have the spatial awareness to know when to not be that guy that's overbearing. And I think that that is the problem with Coach Sirianni. And he's he's working on it. He's acknowledged it. And he's working on it. But I I would say this: the timing of the story and the fact that it's coming out now that he needed a buffer. You know, to it's help embarrassing. Him. It's a little, it's a little much, especially when you talk about off the heels of your power being stripped from you somewhat, and the fact that you were asked about, you know, your role on this team. It's just not a good, it's just not a good look for the head coach. It really is. Oh, I agree. I mean, this, I, I can't ever recall a, a story like this about an NFL head coach that that the bodyguard or whatever you want to call Dom on the sideline keeps him in check. It, it, it's a it's actually the fact that this got out, whoever it was, and Kyle referenced, you know, whoever it was that gave Derek on the information. It's embarrassing that someone wanted this out there or was willing to share this. It's, emba- it's embarrassing. Like, I'm, if I'm the Eagles, I'm embarrassed that this is my head coach, that, that some, someone, at least one person, believes part of the issue down the stretch was Big Dom wasn't there. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it, lot. it's crazy. And, and, I'm not discounting that he probably does keep him in check. We know Sirianni's emotions sometimes could be too much. He's admitted that. But I look at the team, and I'm like, man, they did win with Sirianni when the team was better. They, when they had better players, when Jalen Hurts played at a higher level, they did win football games. I think it also was that you had Jalen Hurts probably out there having more fun. You know, and, and, and this is the thing. I, I, I've never been an NFL quarterback, but I could just imagine, like, I guess my perspective on all of this was when I saw Jalen doing the Nike brand and, and all this other stuff, you have to know that whatever got you to where you are, it's now the time, your time has changed. Your, your, your schedule's changed. You don't have the time to train like you once trained. I believe that he's going to get back to that. That's why I wholeheartedly believe that 
he's going to be that quarterback that takes that step. And there's going to have to be some true serum that he's going to have to take. It's probably going to be some tough love for him this year. Well, good. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it happens like that, man. When when you have the kind of rise that you've had as a quarterback and then you kind of stumble a little bit, you you always go back to the basics, Joe. That if you are if you're the baller that I think Jalen is, you always go back to the basics, and I think that's what he's going to do. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate this. I'll go to three Eagles quarterbacks: Jalen now, Carson Wentz, you know, four or five years ago, and even Donovan towards the end of your career, Hugh. When those guys played great, Donovan 04, Carson seventeen, Jalen twenty two. Guess where the Eagles ended up? In the Super Bowl, yeah. and everything was good. And then they didn't play as well. Donovan started out of injuries. He didn't play as well the next year. The T.O. thing, obviously, which you know all too well, it went awry. Did the Eagles' culture go awry, or did Donovan and the, and the, and the roster, not was it not as good? I think that was a big part of it. 17 to 18, did Carson start to become a bad guy? And he probably was always kind of off, right? Whatever, his personality, his teammates, and, and whatever. But he stopped playing as well, so the team stopped playing as well. And then we're like, well, and he's, and he's not a great teammate. And now we're doing it again with Jalen and the Knicks stuff. I, look, I, Nick Sirianni is not my favorite coach. I've made that clear for a year and a half now. I, I just think some of the stuff is just juvenile. But I, I, I think this is – I agree with what Kyle said. It feels like some excuse making here. 215-592-9494. The Eagles' biggest issue right now, is it talent or is it the culture here? And you know what? You know what's huge, Hugh, over the next week and a half to two weeks before free agency? Howie's got to figure out the answer because if it's talent – well, he's got to bring in an influx of really big-time players. If it's culture, then maybe just subtracting one or two people here, that changes the culture. How he's got to find the answer to this quickly? I think it's a little bit of both, Joe. Because like I said, culture is important. And I think it's, it's one of those things where if, you, if you're devoid of the talent that you need, it can help cover up a whole lot of things. But the culture, to me, is one of the most important aspects of the football team. Well, it's, it, it can be huge. I mean, and, and we know when teams winning, you feel the culture's good. And a year ago, 2017, it felt like that culture was great. It fell off for sure. 215-592-9494. We'll get to everyone's phone call coming up here on the other side. More from Sirianni, his passion, what he told the morning show a little while back about his passion on the sidelines. What's the Eagles' biggest issue right now? Is it the talent on the team, which I believe it is? I, I, count, I, I look at the depth chart. I'm like, how many really good players do we have for next year? Or is it the culture? 215-592-9494. It's how board. It is the Midday Show right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Welcome back. It is the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas Show, Jiller. Coming up at 11, Rhea Hughes is going to join us. Rhea is going to start joining us on a weekly basis. I'm excited for this. Rhea joined us at 11. Her yeah, take. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. Rhea will join us to give us her take on this whole Eagle situation, the talent, the culture, Sirianni, Big Dom. Yeah, Big Dom. I can't believe how many Big Dom stories we've gotten over the last you know, three I did, months. I did, uh, it's controlling, wild. Controlling grown-ass men, that's kind of yeah, B- Big Dom's, uh, in terms of just his, his Q rating, his stature has grown so much. His Q rating. It's wild. <laughs> it, you know what? I, you know how I keep saying they only have like six or seven really high-end players? I'm going to add Big Dom to the list. Apparently he's that important that I should put him on the list. So we'll go Jalen, AJ, Devontae, Mylotta, Dickerson, Lane, Jalen Carter, Reddick for now, and Big Dom. Got to put him in there because at least we're to believe that he's the reason Sirianni can't keep his composure on the sideline. I think this stuff is That's ex- a lot. It is. It's a lot. I think it's excuse making. I, I really do. I, I I think the bigger issue is the Eagles aren't that good talent wise anymore, and how he's got to fix it in the next couple of weeks. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four talent or culture. What's the Eagles' biggest issue as we head into a critical off season? All right, let's get to the phone lines here, and then we'll let you hear what Sirianni had to say about his passion on the sidelines. Bud is up on WIP. Hey, Bud. Hey now. I just wanted to say it's definitely talent. When we came across the line, when we were playing very well, you know, you had the best defense in football history. Nobody ever did what they did. Oh, you mean the 70 sacks two years ago? Yes. I mean, that's the best it's ever been done. Well, uh, saying, you know, numbers are numbers. I mean, it's it's I mean, one it's one of the, the highest sack totals. Yeah, it's the highest sack I would totals, have to but... tell you, no, it is the best because oh, then you go into oh. the playoffs and add them to it. Did well, if you had the playoff sacks. Okay, did I they mean, win it, the Super Bowl? Just, they didn't. I, I just say did that. Did the 85 what? Bears Our win the Super team, Bowl? Yes. We, what about we, the Baltimore Ravens? They won. The Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. But they didn't have lead the sacks. Bud, we had the, most the, sacks in history. the sacks okay, were incredible. The sacks were incredible. Bud, they didn't have that kind of pass rush this year. It's the truth. That the defense outplayed their coaches. The offense outplayed their coaches. They were just that good of a team. Now everybody's saying that um, the coach, you know, isn't a problem. The coach is a serious problem. He shouldn't even be a coach. He's going to defend two coaches that suck, and he's going to defend them. Come on, he's got to go. Get somebody real here. And even with a shitty team, we'll yeah, do better than that. Yeah. We lost you. Bud, love you, buddy. Bro. Love you, bud. <laughs> bud brought the passion this morning. I mean, come on. <laughs> he didn't want to hear your thoughts on the 85 Bears or 2000 Ravens. I don't Ravens. understand. You, you like, get out of here you, with that. Like, listen, dog. I understand we, we, this defense played well, but when you start talking about the best, like, you got to bring home a ring to be considered the best. So, right, like, right. The idea that the 2022 Eagles were the best defense of all time. No, no. they were not. But they were really they were talented. A damn good defense. Very, t- and they had seventy sacks. It was. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't sneeze about that. Regular season, it was the third most sacks, tied for the third most sacks in the history of football. The eighty-four Bears actually had the most with seventy-two. It was great. I mean, seventy sacks is ridiculous. We may never see that again yeah. from an Eagles defense. And I, I go to this year's team. What was the biggest difference? I could say Sirianni has been. You know, immature on the sideline from the minute he got here. I could say Jalen has been stoic from the minute he got here. Big Dom's been there the whole time. Whether he was suspended or not, he's always around. Big Dom's the rock. The, well, he better not be. The, the biggest difference is the quarterback didn't play as well, and the defense went from good to really, really bad. They went to, from good to eh. No, oh, Hugh, they were, they were bad. Bad. And that's the biggest – you know who looks you know who looks the best in all this right now? Who's that? Or is not getting criticized? Howie Roseman. The quarterback he paid went backwards. We all agree on that? Yes. 
the defense that he built the year before that had 70 sacks went so bad that Baker Mayfield tore him apart in a playoff game. Nah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Nick Sirianni and Big Dom and Jalen Hurts' offseason schedule. I-, I tell you, guys, I think we're missing the big picture. The talent on this team fell apart. And with that came a, a-, a tough end of the season. 215-592-9494. Let's hear from Sirianni. This was on the morning show a little while back about his passion on the sidelines. Here it was. There's a time to be passionate and there's a time to be completely uh, calm and and in complete control. I think I've I've said this to I, I can't remember who I said this to before, but for the longest time, like I, I didn't take any flights growing up. Uh, we didn't go on I didn't go on my first flight until I was 23 years old, mm. uh, believe it or not. And for the longest time, like I, I never flew, so I was I was afraid to fly. And one thing that I would always do when I was flying, if I if we felt turbulence, I would look at the stewardess, and I and and if and if she or he was calm, then I'd be calm. If I saw any look of panic on their face, then I started to, or any look of distress on their face, then I gripped onto that seat a little bit tighter. And I and I think of it that way sometimes. Like there's a time and place to be passionate, and there's a time and place to be completely calm. And I felt like in the game on 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 Monday, I had a moment of man, the stewardess looks lo- looks a little bit uneasy right now. Uh, let's, you know, and I felt to myself that's just myself thinking that what can I do to be better. I'm a compassionate, competitive man. <laughs> Anytime you can throw Gabe in there, it makes it even funnier. Is Big Dom the stewardess in this? I don't know. I don't know. That, well, I didn't, I didn't want to think of that, but now I am. I'll tell you what, but that, that's a telling remark from Coach Sirianni, and it's damning in a sense with this story coming out. I mean, it really is. Like I said, I like Coach Sirianni, but when you say stuff like that and then you know that you're the leader of the team, Knowing that, like in th- in that story, when I talk about him, you're the stewardess. You're the one that's supposed to be the calming demeanor, the calming force. So he's the stewardess. Yeah. Well, well, in the story about the locker room and blowing up and mm-hmm. yelling and screaming at people, you can't do that. Like, you you have to be, like most coaches, are the same when on the sideline. Like like perfect example. We we talked a couple weeks ago about when Andy Reid and and uh, Travis Kelsey bumped into him and how yep. Andy Reid was caught off guard and he didn't say a whole lot. He was stoic throughout that whole exchange. You, that's the way that I envision head coaches to be. I've, I've never been around a head coach that is perceived the way Coach Sirianni is perceived. Like, I, I just haven't. And, and for me, that, that's telling because the team, and you've always heard this, the team is a reflection of the coach. So much so, Joe, that you can go and listen to any press conference. Most of the time when you listen to the coach first, you will hear trigger words that the coach said that the players will, will, will repeat because that's the message, mm-hmm. because they believe in the messenger and things of that nature. Like the fact that everybody was fragmented, the fact that we still don't know what was going on in this locker room, and now coming out that coach was a hothead, that's a lot, that's a lot going on with this football team especially when you talk about the hopes and aspirations of, of, of next year and what we, we, we're trying to accomplish. That's a lot to digest from the coach well, this week. Well, of course it is. Well, now the concern, Hugh, as we go into next season is, is he's going to be on the hot seat, right? That's going to be the story of the season. It feels like that's going to be the Yeah, case. like when, when those lists come out over the summer, right, they're going to have odds on the first coach fired. He's going to be near the top of those lists. McCarthy will be on it because they kept him. Sirianni will be on it. And that's just they, those odds come out. It's just like a silly thing people could, could bet on. He'll be near the top of that. Hugh, what I question now, and I think everyone's going to have to question, is how is he going to handle that? He talked about his passion, his emotions, and, and things for the most part in his tenure have been good. He struggled the first five or six weeks in 2021. Then they got hot. Then the next year, everything was, was basically great the whole year. They went to the Super Bowl. And this past year, they start 10-1. and one, And then, obviously, the last six weeks, it wasn't good. But, Hugh, I, I do wonder, how is he going to handle a year where after the first or second loss – People are asking him if he's worried about his job. That's a lot. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's coming. And, and we have to figure out right now, today, I would, I, would, I would imagine, even though everybody's off, how we can get past whatever it is we're going through right now. Because it's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot being said. There's a lot of people leaking stories and things of that nature. A lot of leaks. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, there needs to be, like I said, this should have been a coming to Jesus moment. During this course of the season, somebody should have been slapped across the lips as soon as the season was over. 
This is what we should have did. We should have had these hard conversations during the season. And now that we haven't, now all these side little stories leaking out and everything like that, and it, it, it has the possibility of fragmenting the team even further. You know, you, you've said that a lot over the past couple months, that they should have had their moment, they should have had their, you know, their come-to-Jesus moment. And, and I wonder if the modern coach, athlete, play, I wonder if it happens anymore. Like in your time, right, you and your teammates, you guys work things out together. Doesn't it feel like everyone's passive aggressive now? Can, like I'll just can, tweet about it. I'll tell Derek Gunn about it. I'll I'll, I'll leak you, this. Can you can allow me a moment to be on my soapbox? Go you know for what it. the problem is, man? Accountability. And and I don't say that lightly. And I say it because it's the truth, because what I what I read on on social media outlets and what I hear from different people is they're always blaming somebody else for the stuff that's happening in the locker room. Hell, I didn't I didn't break any stories. Hell, I didn't I didn't tell anybody that, uh, you know, we changed the play. And you act like when, when you have people that say things like that and say that, you know, the locker room is fragmented and stuff, you act like it's not my job to respond to that. Like I'm responding to what you're telling me. Everything that all of these athletes are complaining about, you're the ones that have started the stories. The fact that A.J. Brown sat up there in, in the media and talked about he didn't kill the story about him being traded. He, he could have easily have said, hey, you know what, I'm a Philadelphia Eagle. That's the end of it. But, no, you want to get mad at somebody else because we're responding to what you got to say. Like, hell, I don't sit here. You, y'all act like I sit here every day and figure out how can I be a rabble rouser. No, I sit here and listen to what you have to say and formulate my own opinion because guess what? You ain't man enough to say what you really mean. You're not man enough to say what you really mean, so I have to sit here and speculate on a radio show every day because you're not man enough to go out there and tell everybody exactly how you're feeling. The fact that these stories are coming out about Coach Sirianni at this time, like, no, nope, that, that's what everybody's doing. But, you know, you get mad at somebody else because we're talking about it. You're the problem because you don't want to be mad enough. You don't want to man up and say what's on your mind. That's, that's the biggest issue. And we're sitting here trying to figure out what you're trying to say. And then we tu- you turn around and get mad at us because we ain't got the story right. Okay, well, tell us the story then. Tell us the story. Then the fact that you got a guy on TV speculating about what happened, and then somebody else come out and say, no, that wasn't the case. Okay, well, tell us what happened then. Because obviously something happened because your locker room was the one that got all screwed up. You're the one that went on a six-game losing streak at the end of the year. So tell me what happened then. So I don't have to sit up here and speculate every damn day. Let me know. I think you're dead on with accountability. I, I think I think it works in every way. The, the, here's the issue with accountability right now. I think with the team, with whoever's leaking this stuff, wherever these stories are coming from, and even with the players themselves. The idea that someone, someone, and I have no idea, it could have been a player, could have been an executive, could have been a coach, is, is saying that this thing fell apart in part because Dom is not on the sideline. That's ridiculous. Wake up and say maybe we played like crap. That's ridiculous. Maybe the quarterback who we paid $250 million to didn't hold up his end of the bargain. Maybe the wide receiver, who's obviously pouty at times, didn't hold up his end of the bargain. Maybe the defense, including some veterans, played like garbage down the stretch. Can we just – like, why is everyone afraid of the truth here? And then we – oh, it's the culture's fault. we got to fix the culture. How about you fix the team? It's the media. The media, <laughs> the media made me it's miss that pass. Fault, yeah. and it, Actually, it's your fault, too. Actually, it's my fault. It, blame me. It, it's, I did it. It's, it's ridiculous because we sit here and you always hear people talk about, oh, well, you know, it's it's the Philadelphia media, whatever. No, I, I don't I don't have to break stories. I don't. I knew when when all this stuff was coming out about what was being specula- speculated in the locker room, I heard all the stories. I didn't feel the pressure to break anything because that's not what I have to do. And plus, I'm not, I'm not a gossip girl. I'm not about to go out there and gossip about something that I don't know anything about. I've never thought of you as a gossip no, girl. No, but I'm, I'm saying, but if you're going to be a guy that's directly affected by what's being said, hell, you can clean the story up by just going out there and saying what's on your mind. That, that's the easiest fix. Instead of blaming somebody else, hell, you have a platform, Darius Slay. You know, if you have an issue with what somebody's saying, then, hell, go clean it up. Hell, you're the only one in the locker room that can talk about it. I'm, I'm speculating. And if you, if you don't give me the whole story, then I'm, not, I'm left to speculate because that's what my job description is. I'm an analyst. I analyze stuff. So and here's what I'll say. 215-592-9494 to hop in. Culture talent, the biggest issue with the Philadelphia Eagles right now as we, uh, you know, we try to clean up the mess of what this season was. This is the way I view it. Their performance dictates 
how we all as fans react. It has always been like that. It will always be like that. That is that is that is it. AJ Brown was pouty during a Super Bowl run last year. Go back to the Giants playoff game. He's pouty on the sidelines. Guess what? There's no conversations last year during the postseason about AJ Brown being too pouty because they were winning because he was playing well. Jalen Hurts last year, stoic, looking like you know. He, he, and it was cool. It was cool because he was playing well. No one was criticizing him for it. And then he's not playing well. That's the difference. The, your performance dictates this. You guys fell apart down the stretch. Derek Gunn didn't fall apart. Howard didn't fall apart. Greg Carton didn't fall apart. Hugh Douglas didn't fall apart. The players did. The team did. And Sirianni, and I don't often defend Sirianni because I, I don't think he's a great coach. But Sirianni was looking like a clown at the camera in a playoff game. Guess what? They went to the Super Bowl with this guy because they had a loaded roster just, and they played well and they played hard. The clown is so strong. Though. Well, he has. He's. <laughs> he, I mean, he had the clown moment in Kansas City where he yells at the crowd. But guess what? They won that game. The issue is the players stopped playing well. How about – I'm with you, Hugh. You, you hit the, the nail on the head. Accountability. The lack of accountability with this group the last couple months is, is astonishing. It, it is astonishing. Bill is in Mays Landing. What's up, Bill? Hey, what's up, guys? Bill, um, what are you feeling so, this morning? I mean, I think it's silly and embarrassing that they would insinuate that the issue with the team's locker room is, uh, you know, the team's security guard. I also think, you know, a bigger issue is that the team leaders are a wide receiver and a center when it should be a quarterback and a defensive player. Bill, I think that's a really interesting point. It is. I mean, the, I mean and, I, I, and it, Bill, a, guys, a center. You know, we all love Kelsey. We all love Brown. But, yep. like, it needs to be the quarterback. It needs to be a defensive player. You know, not a wide receiver, not a center. Like, what what defensive player is going to listen to a wide receiver and a center telling them that they need to step up when they're not on that side of the ball? Uh, I think it's fair. And the, and the most vocal defensive player is Darius Slay, and he's he's super – uh, you know, he's got rabbit ears when it comes to criticism, and he, and he deflects all the time. It's, it's not great, Bill. I, I, I think you're right. I don't think teams that have a wide receiver as the mouthpiece tend to do very well. No, not at all. Bill, right, it's thanks a, for taking my call. Yeah, you got it, man. Uh, you know, Hugh, the, the leadership thing on this team moving forward is really interesting because Kelsey's probably not going to be here, right? Probably he's not. probably going to retire. Fletcher's a free agent. We'll see if he comes back. Brandon wants to play here, mm-hmm. and I think he would take a small salary to play one more year here. He said that. But he doesn't play that much anymore, right? So his leadership can go far, but he's not on the field more than half the snaps. Yeah. It does help if the leader is like a player that's on the field all the time, the quarterback, a defensive player that's out there for, you know, 70% of the snaps. They don't have that right now. Not right now. but I, And that's why I think that everybody's looking to Jalen mm-hmm. to be the leader. And, and Jalen has to figure out. Like, I think this is where we get it mis, misunder, misconstrued, misunderstanding is that you're, I think people think when they think of leaders that you have to be the rah-rah guy. Jalen can be – he has to find his leadership, you know, zone where he's comfortable. He doesn't have to be that guy, but he does have to be the guy that when things go awry, he commands the respect and everybody looks to him and believes in him. He has to be the stewardess, since we're using that as an anal- analogy today. He has to be the stewardess. In this situation, when the plane has a little bit of turbulence, that they look at him in his face and they know everything is going to be okay. That's what he has to be. I'm going to give you two examples because you, you mentioned not a rah-rah guy. Hugh, I can think of two quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so mm-hmm. that were not rah-rah guys. Joe Flacco was not a rah-rah guy, really. kind of like, like a stoic, you know, kind of laid-back kind of personality. I wouldn't call him, like, the guy you rally around. And Eli Manning, you wonder if that guy had a pulse. But the, both of those guys, they did take accountability when they stunk. And they stunk sometimes. They yeah. weren't great quarterbacks. They were good. But they, and I think back to remember when Jalen uh, was asked the question about changing the plays. They said, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You got to take more accountability. Like, you're, you're the face of the team. I, I agree with you. He doesn't have to change his whole personality and be rah-rah. But you got to take, take the blame when things go wrong. Yeah. And, and that's all it is. Like, we have, like you have to, it in life, everything that we do, especially when we're dealing with other people. And, and, and this is what comes to mind immediately when I think about this. It's like a marriage. You have to find common ground. Mm-hmm. You have to find common ground. And that might mean giving a little bit or, or, or changing something that you do just a little bit to help your partner cope with, you know, trying to, to, to find that middle ground. 
So it, I'm not sitting here saying Jalen has to change anything that he does, but he has to let his teammates know that he has their back and he's in it with them. And, and I don't know how he does that. I'm not in the locker room, Joe, so I don't know exactly what the issue is, but he has to do that. He, he does, and he has to play better. And the defense needs to get better. Howie's got to get some real talent here. The defense was terrible. They get a better defense, and Jalen you know, goes back to what he was two years ago or closer to that. They'll win, and we won't be doing this culture stuff as much. OG Way to Chester. What's up, OG? What's up, fellas? How we doing today? OG, we're trying to figure things out here. Man, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Hugh, you couldn't have kept it no more realer on your soapbox. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I just read this uh, magazine that Jalen Hurts is on. It's called the uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer with Jalen Hurts, uh, Rare Breed. And as I'm reading it, and it, it was all done, I guess, before this season, this season, you know what I'm saying? So it was all done, and all you hear is all the players. I'm talking about every last one of them talking about how great of a leader Jalen is, and he's different, and they never met nobody like him, and he's a rare breed. And uh, even the equipment guy, he Jalen shouted out this guy, and it went viral. You know what I'm saying? All the guys' friends and family was calling did you see Jalen shout you out? So he dapped up the damn equipment manager. You know what I'm saying? So now here we are today with what went on. Now we know that AJ and Jalen was supposed to have been so-called brothers, family, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you know this. When you fighting, when two brothers are fighting, what the friends do? Stand down. Nobody gets involved with that fight. So now what leads me to this. I believe, because I can, you know, I'm left to speculate just like y'all, you know what I'm saying? Because, first of all, I don't believe these leaks coming out the locker room, because guess what? If if I believe them leaks coming out the locker room, it would be the real stuff. You mean to tell me that we all didn't know that uh, Sirianni was a hothead? Yeah, we have eyes. Yeah, we've seen it. We We, have eyes. We really didn't need Derek Gunn's report for that. So, the fact that the real stuff ain't coming out tells me that the so-called leaders like a Jason Kelsey, like a Fletcher Cox, like a Brandon Graham, all these guys did not want to step up into that fight between Jalen and AJ. Because why? Because it will cause them to be have an issue with these, these two players or what have you. So they stand down. Now you got two, two bulls that's stubborn as hell, and that's where this team went array. You know what I'm saying? It is not hard to see. And since we are uh, led to, to speculate, that's what I know. I've been in this situation before in the locker room when we had that type of situation. No one wanted to step up to A.J. because they felt like A.J. probably got a little ball in him and ain't nobody want that work. Same thing with Jalen. And now here we go. So somebody going to have to go. Ain't no bringing this team back. So you can forget that. And, and as far as talent, and this, yeah, I believe it's talent because I don't believe in culture. I believe culture is like where you was born, how you was raised. I'm, I believe in chemistry. I think the chemistry on this team was bad. I believe that the players, we on defense, we, we had so many injuries in terms of uh, safeties and linebackers. It was, it was bananas. So I, I, I'll give that up to that. But the fact that we have to get talent on this defense is what's going to move the needle here. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the coaches in that playoff game, I thought the coaches was fine because guess what? Every player was in position to make a tackle. Guess what? Bradbury didn't make the tackle. Yeah, we can't, we can't play anymore. I mean, that, OG, no. that, that's a big part of it. It is that they're, if they're in position and they get blown by or they can't make a tackle, OG, we preached the phone call. There's not, so, there's not much the coaches could do in that situation. If the players can't make the plays, you're in trouble. Hugh, this, it's like a, this is a chicken or the egg sports thing forever. The locker room culture, how much it matters. Does winning breed culture? Does culture breed winning? The Eagles had something good two years ago, and then for whatever reason, and you could even say they had it through 10-1 and one this year, though maybe it wasn't as great as we thought. It fell apart fast. Yeah, it did. And, and I know a lot of people are calling here, and, and they're, just, they're, the, they're not giving culture its due. It's the culture, bro. I mean, I, I played in the NFL, not, not trying to, you know, discredit anybody the way that yeah, they feel. I don't feel. think you're discrediting. You have but a perspective few I, of I us have. I have a perspective, like, because I've been on teams that was somewhat talented. And I've seen culture change 
and the team do better. The, the Jets team that I was on, the 9-17, and 17, that was a culture change because that was the same team a year earlier went 1-15. Well, Parcells came in, right? And Parcells yeah. came in. So when you tell me that it's not the culture, it definitely is the culture because he came in and the first thing that he did, he changed the culture. Because when you look at that, that roster that we had when we went 9-7, and seven, it was basically the same guys on the team that went 1-15 when Andy Reid got here. And you look at the players that we had. Yeah, we had some talented players, but we went 3-13. and 13. So it's the culture. Andy came in and he changed the culture. He changed the mentality. So it is the culture. So somewhere along the line, the culture of this team broke down. And, and the team became fragmented. And we still don't know why. We're, we're all speculating. We don't know what happened. And I feel like A.J. Brown is the scapegoat because he's the easiest to blame. Mm. Because there's a history there, not with him. But there's a history of, at that position where guys have, you know, been a problem. Yeah, there is. It's that. It is. It's a loud position. Our two one five five nine two ninety four nine. If Aria's going to join us after the break, in studio, her thoughts on this, the culture, the talent, the biggest Eagles issue. Plus, we'll get her thoughts on the other looming issue in Philadelphia sports that needs to be addressed. That's next. Along with your calls, Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, a Marabeth. I got a Marabeth coming up. All right. He, he's an idiot. Yeah, I don't have that read. I don't have a Marabeth read. Marabeth. I got you, buddy. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.